Hello, and welcome to Imagine Me and Awoo! This was supposed to start playing when I said a woo, but it didn't work the first time. My heart is full of joy. <laughs> Welcome to Imagine Me and a Woo, the, the special podcast where the hosts of Imagine Me and Utena talk about Wolf's <laughs> I am your host, Panda, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I am doing great, though I am curious if we were if we were to follow the naming conventions of wolves and the world we are talking about, what your name would be, because I feel like it would just be green. <laughs> I would be like, um, I know there's a I would need to Google for the full name series, but there is a like there's an a, an a manga and an anime about a wolf and then there's like a follow-up series about his son and the son's name is weed and that's me i think hold on you've seen ginga densetsu weed i haven't seen it i am aware of it as a thing that exists I watched the whole show. Okay, thank God one of you knows what I'm talking about because I just was thinking that I was throwing a a reference out into the wind. But yeah, I I've not seen any of this. I'm like vaguely familiar with like both series and I just think it's funny that one of the wolves names is Weed. <laughs> I would like to note that Weed is a Japanese bear hunting dog and not a wolf, though. Oh, well, I mean, again, I it, haven't it, seen- Weed is warrior cats for dog girls. Oh, fuck yeah. I was also a dog girl. I should really check this out. Dog I was- girl, You should. Dog girl panda uh, theory confirmed. As a child, I was bisexual and therefore I was both a cat girl and a dog girl. I've confirmed so many of our fan theories in a single moment. All of the all the all the the things on the board are connecting. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. Your panda Sylvia board is really coming together. <laughs> I need to have a panda Sylvia board. She said it's just the most inane bullshit next to this the most unhinged things and constantly be updating it. Honestly, like inane shit. And insane anecdotes is really, like, how I would describe my life if I just had to in, like, a sentence. You know, I I never thought that we were going to be able to do this. I threw this out to you literally forever ago as a, kind of as a joke, but also secretly hoping we would do it one day. Well, the thing is, is we made this a patron goal that you would get to make me watch something and our patrons delivered and we hit this goal and we have been meaning to do this like you know for almost a year now because we needed to finish Yurikuma before we could do another like special episode like this but yeah it ended up being wolf's reign and i'm just really excited about it before we start in like in earnest i do have a question i would love to know what your question is 
did you like it? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. I guess my first question is we need to talk about everyone's respective history with Wolf's Reign. So, Alice, do you want to go first? Yeah, I probably should go first. Wolf's Reign is not my first anime, technically speaking, chronologically. But it's my first anime emotionally, spiritually. I discovered Wolf's Reign when I was first becoming a denizen of the internet. And I am probably the person I am today, at least a little bit, but because of the English dub of this anime. I was beyond obsessed. I watched the whole thing in about like three days, sitting in the kitchen computer, watching it on YouTube in thirds. Thirds, I think, is generous. I think you're... It, time has passed and you are applying a rose-colored filter to how many sections we had to watch anime in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty care. bad. I did also I did have to watch at least half of one of the later episodes in Spanish. I mean, like, um, this is not dissimilar from how I watched the Tokyo Mew Mew anime, so like I get it. And I was, I had never really encountered animation that I felt like, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this that doesn't come across as weird, but like, I had, I loved animation already. I mean, I grew up watching animated movies, but I didn't really have Miyazaki as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I had Disney movies and most of the Disney movies I knew were either dog shit or they were... This was your first adult anime. Yeah, it was kind of my first quote-unquote adult anime. Then we'll get to what how adult it is um, in a bit. <laughs> and, like, I didn't know you could do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I mean, especially in the U.S., animation is, I mean, it's still considered just for kids. Like, this is going to be extremely dated by the time this episode comes out, but we just recently had the Oscars and there were several jokes about like animation being for kids. And that's really just the attitude that we have about animation in the United States of America. And I mean, a lot of the Western world, quote unquote, has that feeling about animation but it's definitely not universal and we see that in animated features from other countries i so i watched it i was like 13 uh my favorite character was Toboy. 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 my favorite character back then i'm shocked um, it's kind of obvious i'm trying to think of a like a joke that isn't the obvious joke but like Toboy is Toboy is one of the most egg-like anime characters to ever egg. And I use that term very restrictively. So when you when I'm using it, you know it's probably true. Somehow, despite the fact that Shinji Ikari is before this, Toboy walked so that Shinji could run. I don't know how that works, but it does. Wow. They, wow. So Toboy is my favorite. My second favorite was Blue. That makes sense. Yeah, who you meet in Though actually, you meet her as early as like one or two. Episode oh, she's but. very early. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote fan fiction, which is now very lost to time. I spent, I've spent a significant, not a not insignificant portion of my life thinking about 
Wolf's Rain. I refuse to watch Wolf's Rain, rewatch it, I should say, as an adult for over a decade because I have been terrified that I would watch it and it would lose all of the power that it had for me. Oh, because buddy, no. Most of the things that I loved as a child have turned out to be either dog shit bad or wildly problematic in some way that liking them becomes something that feels criminal. By the grace of God, somehow Wolf's Reign holds up in every sense of the word. The only problematic thing in Wolf's Reign is the fact that Run Wolf Warrior, the song, is a little too close to home as being, you could literally <laughs> imagine a hippie singing this. Uh, I don't even know if that's in the first five episodes. but I you, love that song. I love I... it have listened to it because while I was making the notes for this episode, I listened to the soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> it's listener. Because it rules. Heard, it rules. Listener, if you've not heard Run Wolf Warrior from the OST, we're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the soundtrack. We're going to talk about Yoko Kano who did the soundtrack. Like but, we will get there. I promise. Yeah. But like, <laughs> It held up, and it was it was it was really it was a joy to watch it again. And if nothing else, I'm glad that I'm glad that I did. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I kind of needed it. Cass, what is your history with Wolf's Rain? My history with Wolf's Rain is that I downloaded the soundtrack very illegally when I was 13, and it has been basically living rent free in a corner of my mind ever since. You're so bad. I Wolf's Rain was like always the uh, the white whale for me as a kid because I caught like half of an episode halfway through the show on Toonami, not Toonami, but uh, Adult Swim once. Yeah, and I had to know what it was, and I looked it up years later, and I kind of watched some of it, and I really liked it, and then I did not get back around to watching it again. I am the only one of us who had. I, I have no excuse for this beyond the fact that I've been like getting oh, ready for a new yes, job. It's but, fine. Don't, you don't have to be hard on yourself. But I, I was not able to rewatch and prep for this episode, and I feel bad about that mostly because it means I didn't get to watch more Wolf's Rain. But it, it occupies kind of like a little place in my pantheon of anime that kind of like made me go, you can write animated television for an audience of like adults and my frame of reference as a kid for that was like you know really like 18 year olds 16 year olds oh my god what it's it's what if you made cowboy bebop or deviantart kids yes it is actually yeah like it's it's very much up there with um the other the other two shows that i would kind of describe in that vein were like cowboy bebop and um full metal alchemist i think probably was that show for a lot of people it was definitely that show for me I mean, Spike Spiegel is literally in this anime. Well, with titties. I mean, yeah, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, Spike Spiegel's voice actor is also in this anime. Oh, yeah, I I meant Blue, who looks like Spike Spiegel, but a woman. I know, I know. It didn't occur to me until you said that, that Blue basically is just one of Spike Spiegel's, like, cross-gender um, wolf of Moose Sona. Is it? <laughs> Wait, doesn't Blue kind of just look like, um, what's her name from Knocking on Heaven's Door, though? Blue looks like a lot of people in anime. Yeah. She kind of looks like a blue recolor of that, of one specific picture of Char. Anyway. 
Well, now that we've ruined everything for everyone. <laughs> anyway. Let's talk about an anime. Uh, well, uh, if that's the end of your history with Wolf Strain, I have... Yeah, that, that I, was it. I had nothing else what for about you. you? I, yeah, I have a history with Wolf Strain that I'm happy to share with everyone. Please. So, you know, there are, like, horse girls in the world. What you need to understand is that when I was a child... I was a wolf girl. And I imagine that this is a similar experience that Alice had. Um, How have we never talked about this? Uh, because I was waiting for this very moment for it to come up. Uh, so I was a I was a wolf girl as a child. I like was I was obsessed with wolves. I wanted to have a dog because they were the closest thing to wolves that I could possibly be in contact with. I was like totally like that was just who I was growing up. And I when I started getting into anime and manga, I had way more access to manga than I did anime because like my parents would take me to bookstores and stuff and at the borders in the mall or Barnes and Noble, I could find volumes of manga. And one of these manga I happened to come across was Wolf's Rain. And what I didn't know at the time was that Wolf's Reign, the manga, is like an adaptation of the anime into manga form. But as a kid, my conception of manga and anime was just that, oh, if there's a manga, that was obviously the basis for the anime. So, like, I'm getting the better experience by reading the book anyway. So I read oh, the- no. I read the Wolf's Reign manga and I didn't really understand it at the time for obvious reasons, which I just sort of chalked up to like, oh, there's lots of things I don't understand in manga, whatever. And then later in life, I found out that Wolf's Reign, the anime came first, actually has like the full plot and like kind of makes sense. And I've still not watched all of it, but uh, in preparation for this, I watched through episode 11, and I feel like that's sort of the general area of the plot that we're probably going to focus on. I know from cultural osmosis and having friends that like anime that a lot of the characters die. I don't know any specifics. I just know that it's big sad for everyone all around. I won't mention it unless you want me to. We don't have to get into it in this episode because I also want to make this friendly to anyone who has maybe not seen Wolf's Reign and yeah. might be interested in checking it out. I feel like covering the first third of the show is enough to get people interested if they are. And we're not going to be doing normally, like when we have done stuff like this in the past, we just watch an episode and like comment over it. We're not really doing that this time. We're more just doing like a general overview because... I don't know. That's how I decided we were going to do this. I learned how to draw originally by religiously studying and reproducing paid entire pages from that manga. Oh my God. Yeah. The, 
we have to talk about the Wolf's Rain manga. <laughs> like, the Wolf's Rain manga is so good. I actually reread because vol- it's only two volumes, which is kind of insane because the anime is it's 26 episodes and a four episode OVA that completes the series. But like for a 30 episode series to be condensed into two volumes is ridiculous but oh my god the art is so good and i it is i am i love it so much i got so many like positive feelings from rereading volume one of the manga also i didn't even i didn't that was not something i intended to do as part of the prep for this episode i just I got done watching episodes and I went to go to bed and I wasn't quite tired yet. So I decided to look up the manga and I ended up reading almost all of it before bed. It was just so good and fun and I love the art so much. There's a bit from uh, the first volume where they finally meet Shesa mm-hmm. and it's like a splash page. Mm-hmm. And I think I drew that blown up on a to a full page size probably about a dozen times and i would do it over the course of an entire school day in middle school oh my god i love that daily trying to teach myself to draw i okay when i because my primary exposure was the manga until like when i went to go watch the anime for this i didn't realize that some of the like cut out diamond shapes in Cheza's outfit were like her skin <laughs> like I just assumed it was like a full body <laughs> suit because I had not seen the anime version of her character and it was very weird for me to see like I guess this is supposed to be titillating or something I don't know I don't understand heterosexuals but I like don't I like because I guess also Cheza is such like a non-sexual character in my mind. <laughs> I mean, she's it's. I'd love to talk about that at some point. Oh well, we yeah, we can we can get into it definitely, but we should probably do some intro for Wolf's Reign as a series because I don't know that our audience is as familiar with it as we are, and I have uh, some- give me an intro, a pill me if you will. I will, I will pill you. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> Wolf's Rain was an anime television series. It was created by Keiko Nobumoto. It was produced by the anime company Bones, who are known for series like Soul Eater, Oron High School Host Club, Full Metal Alchemist, My Hero Academia, like a lot more. That's just like sort of highlights. Uh, the character designs were done by Toshihiro Kawamoto, and the soundtrack was produced and arranged by the queen, the almighty Yoko Kano, who is incredible. She has written scores for Cowboy Bebop and its live action adaptation, Macross Plus, Vision of Escaflone. Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, Kids on the Slope, like, and that's just a sample of her work not even all of it she is god yoko kind of rules she is incredible and she is incredible in this show the soundtrack for this show is so 
good. I listened to it while I was making the notes for this episode. It's just like, like perfect. Also something interesting that I like is that the intro and outro songs, uh, stray and gravity normally anime has like songs in japanese but in uh wolf's reign both the english version and the japanese version had the english version of stray and gravity as their opening and outro so i don't know i thought that was fun it's actually um i think his name is yeah steve conte Who's actually worked with uh, Yoko, Kano, Yoko Kano on a bunch of things, including mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, Rise Zephon, and Ghost in the Shell. He's just kind of the English-speaking rock and roll guitar guy who you get to do stuff for you when you're doing an anime. Yeah! And um, he's really good, actually. He's also responsible for the accidental, absolute banger Seven Rings from one of the Sonic games no one likes. Was Steve Conte in Sonic 06? No. Okay, good. No, he was after Sonic 06, which is even sadder. Amazing. Yes. But yeah, Yoko Kano rules, and she especially rules on this soundtrack. So the Wolf's Reign series focuses on the journey of four lone wolves who cross paths while following the scent of the lunar flower and seeking paradise. The anime was well-received in Japan. It was the third-ranked anime series in its time slot while airing on Fuji TV. The Bandai Entertainment English-language dub sold well in North America. It helped Bandai gain the 2004 Anime Company of the Year Award from industry news company ICB2, and reviewers of the series gave it high marks for characterization, emotional weight, visual presentation, narrative, and its soundtrack, while disparaging the existence of four recap episodes in the middle of the series. I actually did not know that those existed. (laughs) <laughs> because I watched it, they the last the episodes that were the last four episodes were not actually labeled as OVA. They were just labeled as episodes. Well, there's there's four recap episodes in the series, and then there's the four OVA episodes that are like they were made to fully finish the series and also make up for the fact that there were four recap episodes. Yeah. A lot of the uploaders, when I was watching originally, didn't even bother to upload the recap episodes. Yeah. I've never actually seen them. Well, the recap episodes were not... I don't think they were dubbed in English because they were not shown on English-language television. They were only shown in Japan. And Adult Swim only ever showed the like first 26 episodes. So... I actually don't even know if an English language dub exists because I haven't gotten that far in watching it. So I guess I'll find out. But the manga, which we've already talked about, was released while the series was airing. It is a retelling of the story of the manga rather than a straight adaptation. It sold well in North America and received good reviews, but reviewers felt its short length resulted in a rushed plot and neglected supporting characters. I would probably agree with that because, again, it is only two volumes. They're, like, kind of, like, thicker volumes than normal anime, but still, like, only two volumes. You don't really have a lot of room 
her side character growth. The two-volume manga adaptation includes some of the core events of the anime series with few changes, but as a whole, the manga version veers greatly from its anime inspiration. Many of the events from the anime do not occur in the manga, and some of the events from the anime that are presented in the manga are completely different in terms of dialogue, chronological sequence, and final outcomes. In particular, the second volume tells an almost completely different story from the anime. In the manga, most of the characters are similar in appearance and personality to their anime counterparts, but some of the characters seen in the anime do not appear in the manga, including the noble Lord Orcum. It also, unfortunately, misses out on some of the best wolf-related fights ever put in any kind of media that have not appeared in the Soul series or around the table playing Werewolf of the Apocalypse. <laughs> so you don't even get to see the walrus fight. Yeah. Oh my god, they skipped the walrus fight? Which is basically my, was Dark Souls before Dark Souls existed. Yeah, they skip out on a lot more of the action sequences of the anime because like, it just doesn't quite go with what they're doing in the manga. But like the manga art is so good. I also just recommend it as like a I don't know, a compliment to the anime. But spoiler 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 happens in the walrus fight. How do they resolve that in the manga? I don't understand. They don't. Um yeah, the second the second one goes wildly off on its own, but that's kind of okay. It's it's really you if you watch the anime first, the manga if you approach it as this is a retelling you'll like it a lot more and it's good. It's just good on its own it's, merits. But I have a section for our characters and Alice, would you like to tell us about our uh, cast of this series? All right. So first we have Kiba. Um, his name means Fang. He is also, by the way, Kiba is the name of when I was, we were playing Henshin with a group. I named my little robotic Power Ranger style pet mascot kiba because he was a little that is going to be incredibly fitting for reasons i'll explain when you get I further into this bio bet you did he is the white wolf he's dedicated solely to finding the lunar flower which is a semi it is a they are real flowers but they are semi mythical we'll, we'll explain we'll kind of get into that mm -hmm. and also opening the way to paradise rakuen which is a very vague topic which gets talked about a lot yeah. But he believes in a very simplistic way. Um, he primarily acts on his instincts, and this kind of leads into being rash a lot and kind of acting on emotion. He's really prideful, and he's really, like, multiple times, especially in the first half of the story, Kiba will openly express disgust at humans and at wolves who don't live up to what he thinks being a wolf means. Though he often retracts this disgust when confronted with the fact that he's wrong. Like when he needs to take human disguise when it's pointed out to him that this is a good, this is a how you survive, actually. Because he values survival. Vo he's voiced by Mamoru Miyano. In Japanese. In Japanese. Wow. Light Yagami in Death Note. I yeah, know. Orin, he, what? Tamaki and Orin High School. Yep. And, and uh, Krolo in Hunter Hunter. I know. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Like, the guy is actually kind of legendary as a voice actor, and he does villain roles really well. Yeah. So it's interesting having him be the main character for the show. Well, or 
Alice is just shoving my face into the desk. Honestly, <laughs> it makes sense. Like, Kiba is this, like, edgy... Yeah, yeah, no, he, he fits perfectly. He's extremely gruff. Like, for the first third of this show, and to an extent, the last third, Kiba's moral compass is not broken. It's just that he's very much not a human character. And the more you think of him as a human character, the more baffled you're going to be. He is fundamentally a wolf. We really need to talk about his English voice actor. Yes, his English voice actor is Johnny Young Bosch. Johnny Young Bosch is sort of a, like, I don't want to say a titan of the English dub industry, but, like, he's... He's a staple. I mean, he, he was Kaneda. He Kaneda and Akira, Ichigo and Bleach, Vash the Stampede and Trigun. And most importantly to me, Nate and Yokai watch. <laughs> and yeah, and most importantly to me, because if we're if we're gonna get that um, down in the weeds, Johnny Young Bosch is also potentially more famous in his kids show acting for his actual live action performance as Adam in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Wait, what? Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> he was the Black Ranger for like a whole ass season of Power Rangers. God, that rules. I'm yes, sorry, he's the best part of that show too. I often forget that he was a Power Ranger. <laughs> I don't. Y'all. <laughs> You're the Power Ranger one. Yes, I am. He was also Artemis in the new dub of Sailor Moon. That's the nice. last thing I will say about Johnny Young Bosch. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. We got Sume, who I know that you like probably better than I do. <laughs> we'll talk about Sume. Don't look at me. His name means Claw. Um, he's a big gray wolf with a large X-shaped cross across, scar across his chest. He's kind of rough and self-reliant. He is a street fighter and keeps his feelings in close, except no, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> um, he's I told extremely you, I cri- easy to read. I cribbed most of this from Wikipedia. Yeah, like, everyone treats him like he's hard to read, but like, no, you know exactly <laughs> what he's doing every moment. And that's kind of, I'm not gonna... We'll get into it, at, like, after you have gotten through the actual information of this, but that's kind of why I like him. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he runs a human gang in Free City in the beginning, who kind of betray him, partially because they, they, they have a falling out. Yeah, they don't really betray him so much as they just sort of are like, Abandon hey, him. like, we're not gonna do shit with you anymore, and they, like, leave him. There is an inciting incident that kind of, like, splits him from his gang and there i won't i won't spoiler it but it is actually i mean I, we're we can have spoilers up till episode 10 actually one of his gang members dies because sume tries to he's a kid and he's not supposed to come with them on their raids sume he falls off a thing sume tries to save him and in the moment um he reveals himself as a wolf accidentally and then the kid freaks the fuck out and he drops him um, yeah. Which obviously fucks Sume up, and they all think he did it on purpose because they buy into his bullshit. He doesn't really believe in paradise or really anything, well, uh, overtly, but kind of just over time, because it's a direction to go to, he starts buying into it, mostly because he's just kind of a he's kind of a man of action. Mm. I have your new notes. I'm going to read verbatim. <laughs> Wikipedia describes him as developing a brotherly interest. I mean, brother, sorry, brotherly relationship with Tobey over the course of the show, which is, and I quote, 
some heterosexual nonsense. It, wow. Okay, in both of the character descriptions for Sume and Toboe, they are described as developing a brotherly relationship with one another. And I call bullshit. I... I have not yet canceled you for this for your takes regarding them, but I will admit, I will admit that reading them both as heterosexual is very silly. Cast, do you have any opinion on this? I know that you have not refreshed as recently. Okay, as my my guys. opinion is actually that I have the strong memories of the scene of Sume letting the kid fall, and I remember the first time I saw that scene, my interpretation was that he jumped for him, and it's not just that he reveals himself as a wolf. It's the fact that he's a wolf means he can't grab him properly. Yeah, it is also implied that yeah, because the, like, the, the way the way that the disguising yourself as a human thing works is you can look like a human. People will think you're a human. You can't really do things that require a human body to do with within certain limitations. Except in one case, which I'll get to with the next character. He's voiced by Kenta Miyake. I believe that's how you said. And um, Japanese, who is Scar and Full Metal Alchemist, which apparently this is a running thing where you just have guys who have scars. <laughs> Abdul, holy shit, it really is just a thing. He just plays this one kind of guy. <laughs> and All Might, apparently, which I did not know about this guy, but he does play a lot of characters I like, so maybe I should. Uh, but more importantly than that, more importantly, he's voiced by Crispin Freeman in the English, who's motherfucking Toga Kiryu. We've connected Freeman. the Ouroboros. <laughs> Everything goes back to the Otori Academy. Yeah. Also, Alucard and Helsing. Itachi from Naruto. He's a character in Chobits, too, but I've never seen Chobits, so this is meaningless to me. It's okay. People have seen Chobits. Don't remember He Chobits. is literally the main character of Chobits, Hideki. Chobits has a main character? Yeah. Hideki is the main character, and Hideki finds Chi, the robot, and that's like how Chobits. Well, listen, I could talk about Chobits, but we're not going to. But Hideki is basically the main character of Chobits for all intents and purposes. And if you want to hear Imagine Me and Robot Girls, the Crispin the- Freeman um, voice him. No, we have to talk about Chobits on Big Steppy because it's a robot animal. No! Yes! I re- Let me go! Yes. You can't do yes. this to me! This yes. is my podcast! Yes! 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 <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Say yes to the robot dress. Also, Crispin Freeman voiced Connie's dad in Steven Universe. Huh. Nice. Wow, okay. Yeah. This really is a Star Soda cast. Yeah, the, the cast of this anime rules. Okay, so the next one is Hige, whose names mean name means whiskers. And he is my favorite boy. He, he is, is a, a baby. He is a fucking loser and i love him he is a brown wolf with a carefree attitude who loves living in the city and loves hot dogs and being lazy as hell and flirting with girls who are way above him in every way can can we just like note that there's a terry pratchett quote for this which one well you know what they call a wolf who lives with people don't you oh god yeah you're right (laughs) he literally has a uh collar on I would like to I would like to point out that we were joking about Cowboy Bebop, but for like DeviantArt kids, where Kiba got the Spike Spiegel's like I'm an edgy guy, 
um, determination. He got the part of Spike Spiegel that said the infamous words, I like a woman who can... I, love, can, I like uh, a can, woman who can, can, can kick my ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people call him chubby in the show, but it's just like he doesn't really look like it, so it is weird. I'm glad that you noted that. Yeah, um, like, and I mean, that's not uncommon in anime for, like, a character to be considered chubby and for me to look at them and be like, you're just, like, a person. After meeting Kiba, he kind of goes along with the idea of searching for paradise. Even though it's very obvious he doesn't really believe paradise is a thing, just kind of because he goes with the flow. Personally, I've always suspected it's because Hige is actually a lot lonelier than he lets on. Yeah, I can get with that. He is my favorite. Also, I think I think that in my heart, Hige has a little bit of a crush on Kiba. I would like to point out that in episode two, with the whole like they can't do things that humans can do, there is one thing I've never been able to explain in over a decade, and it's how the fuck did he did Hige manage to get two hot dogs in the beginning of episode two of Wolf's Rain without hands? He balanced one on his snoot. I guess it's bothered me for a very long time. I just, I need people to know that. I've been thinking about the logistics of that for a long time. You're so right. Um, voiced by Akio Siaba, who I'm not really familiar with, but his name is Akio. So, I mean, the Ouroboros is complete. Yeah, I looked him up and he just doesn't, re- like, as we not get- Not really a big name. As we get further in the list, like, we're gonna have people who have been in a lot of things, but not with any sort of significant roles, so I didn't write it down. I will say that um, his English voice, Joshua Seth, was Ty in Digimon. Which is the, the biggest thing that you can hear the moment that he starts talking. Yeah. It's like, it is literally just the Ty from Digimon voice. He's Cyborg uh, 009, uh, Asuka Jr. and Saint Tail, which is very good. And you should watch it. Yeah, I didn't know that. The fact that you Saint- pronounced it Cyborg 009 is causing <laughs> me psychic damage. It's, it's pronounced 009. This is a classic manga, and I will fight you. Yeah, Cyborg 009 is very good, and he was the English dub voice for Cyborg 009, a.k.a. Joe, in Cyborg yeah. 009. But I didn't actually know that Saint Tail had a dub. They didn't dub all of it. They only dubbed some of it. The dub ended up getting canceled midway through or whatever. I've never even heard of it. Or, like, I've never even heard it, but uh, apparently joshua seth voiced osaka jr who is like the main male love interest um we have toboy who is my old original favorite his name means howling which is really really sad how appropriate that is toboy was my favorite as a kid because i gravitated towards like the most gender non-conforming character in the room basically and Especially in the manga, like, Toboe is drawn with, like, having, like, a close, like, a a short cropped jacket and, like, very feminine body language and, like... He dresses like he drives a Subaru. Like, feminine hair, like... Toboe is not cishet is really the thing that we need to get across here in any sense of the word, like... (laughs) He's kind of reddish brown. I think he's supposed to be a red wolf. Yeah, I think so too. The young one, he is barely out of puppyhood. Um, they kind of call him a pup, but he is technically an adult. He was raised by an old lady who found him 
near the entrance of the Dome City, and she he still has the bracelets that she gave him. And he is, because of that upbringing, he's very friendly, and he likes humans, and he wants them to like him, and he is very He doesn't good. understand why humans are scared of him, which is very sad. <laughs> it is. Everything about him is consistently either adorable or heartbreaking. There's nothing in between. It's true. His Japanese voice actor, Hiroki Shimawada, I'm not familiar with, but... His English voice actor, and this is where I pause because this hurts me, um, Mona Marshall is very good voice actor, but she is also most of the female cast of South Park. Yeah. Which is very weird to think about in context to with her being this character as well. But she was most audibly recognizable to me as Izzy also in yeah. Digimon and Minoru in Chobits. I can't believe we found another Chobits credit. I know! Like, really, there were just, like, ten English voice actors in the early 2000s, and they just shuffled them around. We also have Chesa. Chesa is both a um, person and a MacGuffin. She's the one who they need to find because, supposedly, at least according to Kiba, she could open a gateway to paradise. She was created via alchemy, which I do want to come back to at some point. Someone please remind me. From... A lunar flower, and as yeah. such, needs water and sunlight to survive. She's literally a plant person. They, she was literally, she was made in a lab underneath Freeze City, which is the Dome City in the beginning, and rescued by the wolves and travels with them. And she refers to herself in the third person, which I don't know. I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I think she actually talks about herself the same way Ronan Kenshin does. <laughs> like this one, that's not something that I was familiar with, but it yeah, is. It, it is. In the anime, she does call herself this one. Which I think is, I think that's the same way, it's a translation, I think they're translating that the same way they translate uh, Roni Kenshin. I'd have to go look at the actual, at the actual, like, okay. Interesting. Japanese. Um, she's voiced by Arisa, ah, did you help me hear, Cass? Arisa Ogasawara. Thank you. Who is apparently Panty and Panty and Stocking, which is pretty good. It's been the Japanese dub voice for Lindsay Lohan in a bunch of movies. Um, as well as Shelby Marks and iCarly. Man, that's <laughs> prestige. And Kim Possible. She was Kim Possible. Yeah. In, in Japanese. Um, her English voice, Sherry Lynn, was Sasami and Tichi Muyo. Nice. Birthday Girl, Kiki's Delivery Service. Nice. One of also, the top ten lesbian characters. Thirst Magnets and Ghibli films. Yeah, actually. According yeah. to Japanese lesbians. And according that's why to I felt it, even though it's like a very small part of the movie, I felt like that was important to include because I feel like most people who have seen Kiki's Delivery Service remember who the birthday girl is. I hate her with my life. I'll never forgive her, even if every all the Japanese lesbians love her. I'm with the Japanese lesbians on this one. She I'm was sorry. higher ranked than Nausicaa. No, she wasn't. She was at the bottom toward the bottom of the list. I know Nausicaa's like nine. Anyway. Nausicaa um, was like six. Okay, I must have remembered it. Um so also in there is uh Darcia, who is a one of the nobles. There are three no noble houses that are still mostly extant. Um, Darcy is the main antagonist of the series. Yeah, he is bad the, boy. He is the main bad boy. He is. I'm pretty sure that his name is a joke about Darcy from what's it called? Pride, from Pride and Prejudice. Oh my um, god! No! Ah, I hate this. 
curly dark hair and he's imposing and he I longing hate after this. lost love. I'm pretty sure this. he is supposedly his grandfather got his way into paradise and the rest of them were cursed. Big flight of the Noldor. Big, big Fionor energy. Darsha has a wolf eye. He does. He covers it with an eye patch. He does. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you got to admit, it is kind of Darcy. It is a little Darcy. I know. No, I, look, not, that's not remotely Darcy. Darcy doesn't have an eye patch. No, he but he away. would wear one if he had an excuse for it. Oh, fair. Continue. Uh, he's he's the one behind Chase's creation and is trying to use her somehow vaguely to revive his sister Hamona. Who uh, he his sister. Is- I mean, sorry, his lover, Hamona. Um, there's another character who is Hamona's sister, sorry. Okay. His lover, Hamona, who has been stricken with paradise sickness, and which her soul is, quote-unquote, taken by paradise. It is somewhat ambiguous how real that is. Yeah. Or if this is a... Is this a belief that he has regarding her, her illness, or if this is actually what is happening? It, it's vague. Um, He's apparently uh the voice of Kiryu... Takaya Kuroda, Takaya Kuroda, who voiced Kiryu in the Yakuza series, Jiba Nyan in Yokai Watch. Yeah! Uh, and playing the hits here. And Lin from King of Fighters, which I vaguely remember. In English, he's voiced by Steve Bloom, who's Spike Spiegel and Spike Spiegel. And also Mugen and Samurai Champloo, and I guess Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat. Yeah! I think he's also in Blaze Blue, but I can't remember who he is. I wouldn't know. Quint Yaden, who is next sheriff from a little town called Curios, which is spelled in a way that makes me think that it's them trying to be clever with the Greek word Kyrie. Probably. Basically that one character who is the like sheriff guy from Gundam, G from, Gundam. from G Gundam, who has like way too epic a speech for a bit character <laughs> while, like very early on. But what if he like had a whole arc and was also a drunk? He is convinced that wolves killed his family because his village was destroyed and burned. And he saw wolves in the aftermath of it on a hill above his town, and he is convinced of it. Uh, his wife and son, little son, died in that fire and that destruction. Uh, he is extremely alcoholic, which ends up being not just a coping me- mechanism, but also how he sees wolves. Because apparently, if you get drunk enough, you're, the part of your brain that is fooled doesn't work anymore. He lives a nomadic life with his dog, Blue. We will talk about Blue more. We will talk about her. He was voiced by Unsho Ishizuka, who was Jet Black and... Oh, wow, he's Jet and Cowboy Bebop. Yeah! Uh, Hohenheim and Full Metal Alchemist, that one I see. And Joseph fucking Joestar. Which means that every time you see this character, you should, in fact, be yelling, holy shit, in your best English. <laughs> Tom Weiner in English, she was Demimon in Digimon. Wow. Oh, wow. He's actually done a lot of writing for several dubs. Yeah. And then we have Blue, whose name means Blue. Notably, it is not the Japanese word for Blue. Like, her no, name it's, is it's blue. just literally Blue, yeah. It is Buru. She is a bluish wolf dog who is a pet was originally a family pet of quint the aiden family after the destruction of their home she is his companion and hunting dog as he goes around the world trying to hunt down the supposedly extinct wolves that he is absolutely convinced are the reason his family died she doesn't know she's a wolf at all and when she meets chase up kind of by chance in the course of the of the chase 
the part of her that is a wolf is awakened in some way, whether that's literal or metaphorical is kind of a little ambiguous, I well, think. She develops the, like, before she didn't really have, the, or, I mean, she wasn't able to give herself, like, a human disguise the way that yeah. the other wolves are. Whether she was always capable of that and never occurred to her because she literally never like yeah. needed to or whether it's something that she was only able to do after that point is a little vague but in whatever way it, it happened she becomes aware of herself as a yeah. wolf yeah. she becomes aware of herself as a wolf in that moment and is unable to really continue hunting her own kind and she leaves Clint to travel with them to paradise and she develops a romantic relationship with Kike which is really beautiful I I wrote sisterly as a dig. <laughs> She's Tanda's not salty. I as a dig at Toboy and once again proving that um every beautiful queen Ume. every every beautiful heterosexual beautiful queen always ends up with just the schlubbiest guy. <laughs> um, yeah, they're the real uh you know, when you go to an anime convention, it's always a ten and two situation. Yep. Oh, that's so you mean. see like a, a, a really a you see like a really hot cosplayer with like the schlubbiest dude, and like it's fine, like they're happy, they're having the time of their lives, and I love it. I should them. say that their romance is actually really charming. It's very much a he's it turns out that he is capable of being genuinely charming. And not just kind of a fuckboy. They actually don't have a relationship like that in the manga. Just a, I like, know, I was really surprised. I didn't know that they were a thing until I started like doing the research for this show and watching the anime. Her Japanese voice actor, Mayumi Asano, was Viking and Guilty Gear. Um, her English voice actor, Jessica Strauss, was Jury and Street Fighter. And Hagakure and Danganronpa. I'm not don't remember which of the dang ropes that is. I am not really familiar with Danganronpa either, but I figure and like I some of our audiences. So Hublebowski is a police detective. Uh, he used to be married to Cher DeGray, De I think is how you said. Yeah, Cher DeGray. De well, she's the next character we'll get. Yeah, to. she's the next character. He's very in love with her, and how likable he is kind of depends on your innate charity as a person. <laughs> But he's not a bad guy. He's just kind of a sad dad, except he doesn't have any kids. <laughs> he becomes obsessed with the wolves as a part of a uh, murder and or foul play case involving the kid who falls in the beginning. And ends up just sort of stumbling into their journey as he looks into the Book of the Moon, which chronicles the relationship that the mystical relationship wolves and humans have in this world. His Japanese voice actor was uh mitsuru miyamoto was actually um in the big o's roger smith the main character yeah and apparently it's the japanese dub for adult simba lion king which is pretty yeah cool. also okay mori and bungo stray dogs for the four of us who've seen bungo stray dogs i'm <laughs> one of the four I, that's me that was a credit <laughs> put there specifically for me yeah i i've not seen it but i know that bungo stray dogs is well liked so Finally, his wife, who also the likability of which depends on your ex-wife, and I will not tolerate any. (laughs) I will not tolerate any share bad talk in this episode. So uh, you better be ready to fight. (laughs) I will say that Cher's likability as a character depends on what episode you're talking about. (laughs) 
I mean, I also, I've only seen the first 11 episodes, so, like... She reminds me of Rowena in the sense that she's extremely strong in her characterization early on, and... Falls off later. Falls off a little later, mostly just because there's a lot of stuff going on. She's the scientist who's involved in studying Chesa and kind of basically is responsible for Chesa existing. She's fascinated by her and wants to understand her, and also, like, the more esoteric parts of how she exists, because... I mentioned alchemy earlier. This is where I'm circling back. Alchemy is real. Magic is implied to be a real thing in this universe. Yeah. It's extremely weirdly 40k. She and Hub divorced after her work kind of took over her life and they were not able to keep kind of a relationship. They're not like, they don't dislike each other, but... They have a complicated relationship. Like, they clearly love each other and loved each other at one point, but they are just not a tenable romantic relationship where they are. And, like, Hub is sort of holding on to the hope that they could be, and I get it because, like, that's just a hard spot to be in. But it's very clearly over. Yeah, it is pretty sad. Without spoiling anything beyond the first half, I will say that um, I mostly like where they go with the two of them in the sense that they kind of make peace with what has happened. Yeah. And not necessarily get back together, per se, but like they make peace with who the other one is, mostly, in a way that I appreciate. I like that they don't like take advantage of each other, like... They clearly care about each other and are just trying to do what each other thinks is right. There's a there's kind of a running joke early on that Hub is making up reasons to see her. Yeah. And it's very obviously not actually true. He's not trying to, to mess with her. He really genuinely... Like, it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. He is really starting to be engrossed in this case, and she's kind of the person he trusts. So it's, it's interesting. Um, they're not the focus but they're still an interesting side characters her japanese actor kahakoda we don't have much from but her english voice actor was carrie walgren was actually food samurai shampoo kagami and lucky star kelty or selty kelty from yeah and shannon from okko yeah shannon from okko is the one that matters most to me personally Hence why it's the end of the list, yes. So it's the final thing we end on. So the plot synopsis that we have here is mostly just going to cover the first 10-ish episodes of the series because that's all that I watched. I have some vague knowledge of the rest of the show i know a lot of characters die and things are very sad i have seen some spoilers on accident while doing research for this show that i am just sort of filing in a mental box that i'm going to not look at until i actually watch all the rest of the show which i do plan on doing because i am enjoying it it just was a matter of time before uh we did this episode it is, it is a deeply sad anime, and the only anime that's ever been sadder than it for me is Utsuna. Oh, wow. Anyway, so, the plot of Wolf's Rain is, according to the notes Panda has left for me, thank you, Panda. As we said before, it's a 26-episode series with a four-episode OVA. Yep. 
OVA created after the original series run, released to DVD to provide a fuller conclusion to the story than the original television run, and to make up for the fact that four recap episodes were broadcast in the middle of the show. Wolf's Reign, the Wonder Egg priority of its day. <laughs> you take that back. I'm so sorry. I had, I had to do it. That show hurt me so bad, and I, I just needed to, I needed to, I needed to, well, one last thing. That's really an unfair comparison because Wonder Egg Priority hasn't put out a satisfying conclusion to the series. Well, Wolf's Reign actually ended. Yeah. So the series' premise is that a place known as Paradise will appear at the end of the world, but only wolves know how to find it. But wolves are believed to have been hunted to extinction nearly 2,000 years ago. 200. Or 200 years ago, sorry, excuse me. (laughs) They still exist, surviving by casting illusions over themselves to make themselves appear human. Panda's notes note, how do they do this? Don't worry about it. Probably literally magic, considering the fact that alchemy exists. I will note that, um, okay, this is not in our notes, but I'm going to do it because the little bit of prep I did do for this was rereading Jacob Chapman's old review of Wolf's Reign. Mm. And one of the things that, so cribbing some points from there, uh, from a very, very old Jacob Chapman review, one of the things that makes Wolf's Reign what it is, is wolves have kind of specific significance in Japan uh, spiritually. There are some Shinto traditions connected with wolves. If you've literally ever seen Okami, like the game, you probably kind of have an idea of where I'm going here. The idea of wolves as being divine messengers or carriers of divinity is a very old idea. Okay. And it's kind of fitting that it's a Japanese story about wolves leading humans to a divine realm and wolves having been hunted to extinction because the Japanese wolf is an extinct species that only became extinct within the last 300 years. If you would like to know my story about the extinction of the Japanese wolf, please at me on Twitter. It's very sad. Oh, if I had known we could have done this, we I would have uh, prepared more. Yeah, so that that is actually a kind of a key part of why this show is so moody is that it's being written within a cultural context where the messengers of the divine used to exist among us and the last one died in a literal last stand with a fucking samurai. Oof. I, I should say, I'm not actually sure if it was a samurai, but he's he, literally with armed feudal Japanese swordsmen. No, I, I um, didn't I didn't have any of this background actually. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, it was it was actually it was specifically the local constabulary. I should also just just to be clear for anyone who is confused, Cass and I are talking about the specific subspecies of the Japanese wolf, which is was originally only found in the Japanese archipelago. Um, specifically Honshu, Shikoku, and Kyushu. And it that does no longer exists. Um, I don't know if the Hokkaido wolf exists, but I don't think it does. No, it does not. So yeah, they both they two of their sort of their, their sort of endemic um native species of wolves were wiped out. Yeah, and relatively recently in history too. Like there are some people who think that the Hokkaido wolf uh survived to nineteen forty five, according to Wikipedia, which depressing even literally the end of world war ii so that's a lot of cultural trauma Mm -hmm. but tell me about free city anyway kind of the main setting for the early arcs of the show is free city which is a human city in the north of this fictional world where the majority of people live in poverty and hardship it is a domed city and it's kind of implied that everything outside of it might be a little fucked Mm -hmm. our protagonist is kiba 
who, while severely injured, limps into Freeze City following the scent of the lunar flower, because he is looking for paradise. And he runs into Sume, Hige, and Toboe, not necessarily in that order. Yeah. They were also drawn there by the scent of the lunar flower, and they have all kind of assimilated into the city to greater or lesser extent. While they're there, they run into Quent Yaiden, who is, you know, we've already talked about in the character section, and his wolf dog Blue, and are hunted by him. And kind of parallel to all of this, Chaza the Flower Maiden is being studied in a laboratory under the care of Cher de Grey. She awakens after smelling wolf's blood, and when Kiba and Hige approach the lab to find her, she is stolen away by Lord Darcia III. What a fucking name. Yep. So the wolves decide to leave the city once they realize that there's nothing for them there, and they've all at this point sort of been pulled into Kiba's orbit and bound to his quest for one reason or another. Yeah, like, Kiba gets captured and he meets Hige because Hige works at the place that he's captured and then they break Hige out. teaches him how to take a human disguise to get out. It's a very good scene. Sume and Toboe end up kind of traveling together a little bit, sort of by coincidence, and then the four of them meet up and realize, like, oh, we're all wolves. We should stick together. And Yeah, they, they form a little pack. Yeah, a, a found family, if you will. Yes, literally. Queer audiences enjoying anime bingo. Fill your card in. That Honestly, and that was one of the biggest things that stuck with me when I was reading this as a kid. Like, just these, like, yeah. four, just these four dudes. Like, I don't know how anyone could read this in a way that isn't, like, a little gay. Like. Just a little bit. So, once the wolves have kind of knit themselves together, they decide to follow Kiba. And he leads them out of the city. And while they're pursuing her throughout the world, which is pretty wrecked, mm-hmm. there are still cities, there are things like that. But like, generally, the atmosphere in Wolf's Reign is sort of like late stage climate change. A lot of snow. A lot of snow, a lot of what if the world was ending in ice rather than us all drowning under the Antarctic shelf? Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like the world is literally running out of fuel. It is It is actually said specifically that most of Earth is uninhabitable and the world is tur- Earth is turning into a death world. Yeah. So as they're kind of following him through the wastelands and the various settlements and they pursue Chaza. Meanwhile, Cher decides to join the army to recover Chaza and her ex-husband decides to follow her because he's worried about her. And... Also, Quint decides, well, I found wolves at last, finally. Guess I better go after them and shoot them. <laughs> yeah, during, like, one confrontation, he is so drunk that he can see through Toboe's disguise as a wolf. And that's how he realizes that, like, oh, like, I'm not... People have been saying I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. Like, there are wolves out there, and they are disguising themselves as humans. And that, like, spurs him on his quest to hunt down the wolves. Last minute, I refuse to have character development. Let me go deeper within my delusions, because they're actually Uh, real. Oh, no character development. Oh, God, okay. Tell yourself that. (laughs) Anyway... And I think that's about where our notes end for yeah. the first 11 episodes, because that's about where the plot kind of hangs off at that point. 
I wanted to talk about a couple of specific points of interest. Yes. I don't know how long I have you for, so I don't want to talk your ears off here. But uh, you got well, me for, I, however, it's not how long you have her for; it's how long you have me for. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about now that you've kind of watched the anime. Are there any kind of like hot spots, like scenes or moments, character moments that really just kind of stuck with you on this watch? I like a lot of the Hebe and Hige moments of like having to sort of learn the ways of coexisting in the human world. And I like the scenes of I've not made it a secret that I ship Sume and Toboe. And I like the scenes of like them having to sort of be on each other's team and Sume is resistant to the way that Toboe like interacts with the world and is he is just not a very soft or caring person but deep down like Sume actually does care like he does try to save people when they're falling and we see that early on with the kid that he tries to save from the human gang and he's not able to and there is a side to Sume that he doesn't want people to know is there because he thinks it will make him seem weak but uh toboe sort of brings that out in him and i just think that that's uh very nice and and sweet and also like i really like the way that cheza interacts with the wolves we see some of that in the last couple of episodes before when i was not what when i haven't watched anymore but like cheza really cares for the wolves and she's really sweet with them and she like sings to help them sleep and i this is just a very tender and somber anime in a lot of ways and i really like it a lot i um i was kind of struck by how wolf's rain can be so extremely tender to the point of almost being maudlin and can also be hyper violent. Oh yeah, Just absolutely. Shockingly. And it could be both there, in the same episode. It is a, a really interesting, it's great that you bring that up. It's a really interesting contrast between how violent it is willing to go versus how tender a lot of the scenes between characters can be. Like we see a lot of people die. Mm-hmm in this show and they die in pretty gruesome ways and i'm I'm not specifically talking about characters you know even just like random dudes Mm -hmm. in the first episode we see at least three or four people like die very close up to the camera Mm -hmm. in brutal ways this isn't a spoiler but kiba has a body count by the five minutes into the first show anime I'm, i'm sorry the first episode yeah to be fair they were talking about like like he was a like they were gonna finish him off because they thought he was because they knew he was hurt. Yeah, they thought he was a dog. Yeah, but there are like these two poles of sweet, tender. The song reminding me of a song like the Wolf War- Run Wolf Warrior on one pole, and on the other pole is what if you did the nineteen seventy one King Lear with P- Paul Schofield and you watched it nothing but that for like a solid week just. Bleak, depressing. Werner Herzog talks about how the so, the dishes in the sink mean that God is dead. <laughs> it actually reminds me a lot of. I would love to watch this this version of this movie with you one day, Panna, because 
if nothing else, I think you should see what it looks like. Only if you watch Succession with me. I will do it. It is a the nineteen seventy one King Lear, directed by Peter Brook, starring Paul Schofield as King Lear, was originally prompted by an essay which I kind of linked to Wolf's Reign called King Lear Endgame, uh, where uh, Jan Cott, who is a Polish critic, talks about King Lear in terms of, and I quote, an ironic clownish morality play, a mockery of eschatologies, of the heaven promised on earth and the heaven promised after death. And I can't help but think about Wolf's Reign, not because it's sort of a clownish in its approach to morality, but in that Wolf's Reign is simultaneously extremely hostile to the idea of a paradise on earth or a paradise after death, and also wants it more than literally anything. And those two things just fight each other. There's this dialectical kind of like conflict to the whole thing, which is really compelling. It is emotionally a lot. I mean, even the first five to 12 episodes, I mean, I'm you, you've seen it. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get any less compelling. But it it does get a lot more intense. Like there's a um, people have talked this to death, but there's this cult- Japanese cultural idea of the beauty of things that are transient, which is not like uniquely Japanese necessarily, but like is something you get a lot in Japanese literature and art. Mm-hmm. The sort of the tradition of the of the death poem that is sort of one of these stereotypical archetypal things that a historical or literary figure will do before they are dying when they know that death approaches and if you've read any of them like they kind of tend to focus on the idea of like the natural world follows these cycles of death and rebirth and how we too must die and how beautiful things often also are beautiful only so long as they're around and wolf's reign is i think kind of powerful because it's literally just that you know the world is the world's even now in this state, the world is still beautiful in a way that makes you constantly aware of how quickly it can all dissolve. The cities are horrible and awful, but there's something kind of weirdly beautiful about them. And when you when you start wandering the streets, like the architecture is somewhere between M.C. Escher and the Kowloon Walled City. It's like very utilitarian, but somehow also kind of weirdly whimsical you get like the wolves are almost extinct and yet you get, you know, Hige is eking out this existence that cannot be sustainable. And yet it's kind of compelling. Like, hell yeah, my dude, get, get your hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, you're so smart, Alice. (laughs) You got to 11. I wanted to talk about, you've met blue though, right? Yeah. I, cause I've read, the manga even though that's right she is it's been a while since i read all of the manga but like i've read enough of the manga to have like a bit of a like i know what her human form looks like i am like familiar with her characterization i had a gay crush on her as a child etc when i was early in transition if you had asked me what do you want to what would you want to look like if you could look like anything i would have told you i wanted to look like blue from wolf's Rain. i believe that 110 percent. we should dye your hair dark blue one time i mean my hair is, is dyed jet black right now so i'm halfway there yeah we could put some blue on top of that <laughs> i can't help but especially with blue like 
everything in Wolf's Rain can get you can dig into. You can dig into what does being a wolf mean, not just for Blue, but in a wider sense. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here behind the obvious? You can ask yourself about is the show what is the show kind of doing with the obvious ecological bent here like the planet is literally dying Mm. this is not really that much of a spoiler but at one point there are there is another wolf character who talks about how the lunar flowers used to bloom in this area in the area where he lives and Mm. like they're all dead now as far he's not seen one in such a long time I, i mean i'm pretty sure that's in the first 10 episodes yeah, I think it's like episode seven. Because they meet like another pack of wolves. Yeah. That are just sort of trying to eke out an existence. Like there's there's definitely something going on there. I don't think it's a mistake that the story about ec- the ecological collapse is also a story about wolves in a Japanese setting. And also just in general, because I don't know if you guys know this, but for the last hundred years wolves have been most kinds of wolves have been extinct not actually um, endangered and um several different kinds have gone extinct in the last couple hundred years though interestingly gray wolves are have bounced back a lot and in north america oh yeah the government of the united states does not consider them to be vulnerable most conservative conservationists do actually well, we don't, need, to be vulnerable. well we don't need to get into the intricacies yeah, but, of but yeah, not to get into that, but like it's not an accident, you know, that the equal the story has an ecological bent and it's about wolves. It's really obvious. There's questions to be asked about a story that makes a connection between them and humans. The thematic stuff in Wolf's Reign is really it's like it's simultaneously kind of like really weirdly upfront and pay attention to me. There's a big glowy sign here, but also like frustratingly obtuse. Yeah, like, I'm looking forward to you getting to the end, actually, because I want to know what you think about it. I will definitely watch the rest of it. If people want to hear more about this, I would not be opposed to doing a follow up episode about the rest of the anime. But I didn't want to try to cram the whole yeah. anime into this one episode. I felt like no. that would be unfair. Yeah, I for anyone listening to this, and if any of this sounds even vaguely interesting, Wolf's Rain, to me, I feel like, is like Usana in the sense that it feels huge in a way that you could talk about for a very long time. And if, by the way, you want to, you can at me on Twitter and I will talk to you about it for <laughs> hours. So, Cass, I'm interested in, like, your experience watching this as a kid. Like, I mean, how much did you end up watching it when you were younger? So, my memories of Wolf's Rain are actually kind of, like, from a weird period. Because, like, as a kid, I only caught a couple of episodes. Uh-huh. But I watched more of the show when I was older, but, like, not okay. that old. Like, it was, like, my... I was, like... I want to say 17 or 18 because okay. that was the year the year I got into trying to watch it was also the year that I downloaded the soundtrack illegally which was the year I got sent to Boys State okay. which is the closest thing to camp I've ever been to and is also run by the American Veterans Association and I will let you figure out what that means about it yourself. Yeah, uh, listeners just google Boys State. That'll be a good time. Uh, like it's not like bad or anything, but like 
okay, let me, let me it, Look, it's complicated. I was very, very young and very, very egg and very, very didn't know it and very, very uncomfortable. And well, there was, was like a documentary that came out about Boy State, huh? Wasn't there? Not that I'm aware of. Yes, there was. You, Wait, you sir? haven't. Yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, I think Alice Wait, and I were gonna watch it at some point. We can, we should we'll watch it at some point. Okay. Uh. Well. <laughs> Listeners, vote for new episodes. No, this will just be for us. Well, yeah, but so it, it is again, like Usna, it is kind of a if you want if you remember this show and it's formative to you, I'm never going to be surprised if you end up not being straight because there is some. <laughs> I joked about the DeviantArt thing, but there it was a period of time queer where queer kids on DeviantArt made this show a kind of like icon totemic iconic object around which they formed an entire aesthetic yeah anyway i, I was gonna say something i'm sorry yeah keep going yeah i, I didn't mean to get no no the you're good was, like, was very much a comfort show for me while i was in that period because it was one of those things where like the music for wolf's reign is beautiful and kind of haunting and a little bit challenging you know it's it's very eclectic it's very all over the place it doesn't sound like anything you'll hear from anywhere else, I would argue, mm-hmm. when you listen to it, like, all as one soundtrack. And it was kind of a safe place for me to retreat to when I was feeling just kind of overwhelmed by all of the machismo around me. Just like, this is a place I can go to that is safe and lets me be thoughtful and reserved and not whatever this is, which I. I felt very alienated from and did not want to be. That makes sense. Does it sound like I really hate boys and I don't? I just don't like acting like a boy. <laughs> anyway, it was a it was a good time. Yeah. I so much, and I'm very glad, even though I wasn't able to do prep for this episode, we were able to talk about it tonight. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys will end up watching it at some point. Mm-hmm. Alice, did you have other Wolf's Rain things to say? I have so many, but <laughs> besides just saying, listener, if you have not watched this, you should. I've gone back and watched a lot of anime from when I was younger, and a lot of it, and also just kind of gone back and looked at a lot of the media when I was younger. And I'm just want to say again, I'm really happy to say that Wolf's Rain is among the the elect who managed to not get worse with time. <laughs> Oh, it's always been good. Yeah. Always, always be good. Tune in next time when we talk about Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ready. I the entire reading of the hearts of a human, the elements that make up a human body. Do I, not. I'm not prepared to talk about Full Metal Alchemist on this I want to watch all of Full Metal Alchemist again. Give me an excuse. <laughs> All right, do we have anything else that we want to make sure that we cover before we finish out? I think we're good. Well, Alice, I have great news. I've told you this off mic, but I have a new microphone now that I've been using for this recording. And that means that I'm going to be giving you my old microphone. It means that next time that we meet up in person, I can be like... (laughs) 
in your hand, take this microphone so long as you have the makings, then through the simple act of taking its wielder, you shall one day be and you will find me, friend. No ocean will contain you then. No borders around or below or above so long as you champion the ones you love through podcasting. <laughs> we can literally do that thing from one of our early arts where the it's the sword, but it's instead of the sword coming out of Anthony's chest, it's actually a microphone. Yeah, the the beautiful art that was done for us by friend of the show, Shannon Maynard, where I bequeath my microphone to you. And I'll be happy to get it because my microphone is my Yeti. My long lived Yeti is um, dying because the cord has been yanked out by cats far too many times my old microphone is still in very good condition i'm not just getting rid of it because it's bad uh i'm just upgrading and passing down my old microphone that i bought uh, my very first microphone that i bought when i decided to start podcasting i am handing down to you i will be honored to receive it so listeners, if you would like to follow this podcast on Twitter, if you'd like to tell us to watch more Wolf's Reign or tell us to never watch more other dumb anime and just get back to Ikuhara stuff, you can do that <laughs> at UsanaCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me at on on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. How appropriately named. And once you guys have the rest of your episodes back up and also you allow me onto your show to talk about Chobits because it is about a real robot and a cool robot. Uh, Cass, where where can people find you online? You can find our podcast, Big Steppy, online. Some episodes still unavailable at time of recording. However, if you wish to ask us questions about the show or find out what we're planning to do in the future, because it is not dead yet, despite all appearances to the contrary, you can find us on Twitter at SteppyCast. That's S-T-E-P-P-Y-C-A-S-T. And if you would like to support this show, you can do that at utinacast.com. That is where you can find our Patreon. And our next goal is to do another campaign in the Revolutionary Girl Utina RPG. I still need to put out the second episode of that because there was some audio issues with it which made it a lot more difficult to edit and i just kept putting it off and i haven't finished it yet but i want to and i will i promise i we just have to make it happen and then i would love for us to be able to do another episode with our characters because it was very fun and if you would like to help us out you could do that at usionicast.com and we have a Tumblr where I reblog Utena fan art. You can find that at imagemeandutena.tumblr.com. If you are interested in coming on this show to talk about anything from the Ikuhara Ufra, you can find uh, the info about that in our pinned tweet on Twitter. We have a Google form that you can fill out to let us know what you are interested in talking about. And if you would like to email us, you can get in contact with us at imagemeandutena at gmail.com. 
So uh, I didn't prepare a sign off for this episode. So um, I guess. I think we just saw Woo. Woo! Woo!